0: And welcome to, I guess we're calling this the Harry Potter Review Show. Uh, on the Mercury the Movie blog podcast feed, every other week, we're reviewing one Harry Potter movie running one through eight. Obviously, Switzer's Stone to Deathly Hallows Part Two. I am one of your hosts, Sean, and I am joined by Kaylin. Kaylin, how's it going?
1: Good. Uh, I just got done seeing 1917, so I'm still rather, like, shook. So mm-hmm. I should probably be drinking right now, but, you yeah. <laughs> know.
0: Instead, said I'm podcasting. <laughs> that you're podcasting. Not a bad idea. Uh, usually we'll be joined by Sarah, but Sarah's feeling under the weather tonight, so we're not gonna have her tonight. Uh, look back two weeks for, yeah, two weeks from now, uh, hopefully that'll be when Chamber of Secrets will be uploaded. She'll hopefully be on that show. But every week we're gonna be joined by a guest who, uh, the criteria that I had for picking guests was they must not have read the books or at least not read the book that we're covering, uh, for the movie we're covering. I wanted it to get that other perspective. And so today, uh, on the Sorcerer Stone episode, we're joined by one of my real life friends, uh, Brendan. Brendan. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for you to be on. You and I are always talking about movies. Uh, of course. Constantly. We see a lot of movies together. Uh, we do. Uh, we talk about everything, so I'm excited yeah, to have you yeah. on here to talk about this. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm very, very excited that you're excited. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> now I have a question
1: for you, Brendan. Sure. Um, oh, had you seen this movie before?
2: Uh, well, uh, Sorcerer's Stone? Yes. Oh, yeah, dozens of times.
1: Okay. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure. Well, he said you hadn't read the books, but he didn't clarify he about the movie. So,
2: um, I've never read any of the books. Um, But I have seen – I've actually seen all of the movies except for like – because I know the last one they split up into two parts. I haven't seen either one of those. So I guess the last three movies if you want to call it that. I haven't seen those. But all the other ones I have seen.
0: And I believe tentatively right now Brendan is going to come back on for the sixth movie, which he has not seen for Half-Blood Prince. So he'll watch Half-Blood Prince for the first time. Hopefully that will be in like (laughs) two months. But – Yeah. I mean
2: obviously – you know, I could, all, I mean, I'll probably watch them all just because mm-hmm. I wanted to watch them all. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, I've seen most of them, but I'll probably just go back or just rewatch them all too. So, you know, just mm-hmm. to have that.
0: Mm-hmm. But yes, Brendan will hopefully be on for the sixth movie, which he has not seen. And hopefully that'll be like, we'll be even able to get the point of view of somebody who's not seen uh the movie that they're covering before they cover it. So, or, uh, you know what I'm saying? Um Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they haven't sat with it for a long time. Yeah, yeah it'll um, be immediate reactions.
2: Yeah, like um, fresh yes. off the press.
0: Fresh off the press. So we're going to be starting off the show. We're going to do general discussion of the movie, sure. talking about like – pretty much we're going to be reviewing the movie to start with. Then we're going to go into an ad break where Josh will do his editing wizardry to put in – ads for the other shows that are on the feed and then we're going to do a bit of an in-depth discussion talk about a couple specific scenes that we picked out and then uh the main difference between this and the mandalorian review show that i just did is that we're going to be doing movie to book differences at the end of the show we're going to be i've got a list of the major movie to book differences okay and um we probably won't hit all of them because there's a lot but right we're going to talk about them talk about whether we liked it better in the book or the movie and brendan you'll have the the view which i'll find interesting of since you haven't read the book, mm. you don't have the same attachment to these scenes that Kaylin and I have in the book. before. Right, form. right. You know, you'll be a, yeah, a lot more of, objective. You know,
2: a lot of people have told me, like, two of my cousins, they would read the books every summer, and a lot of people are like, you should read the books, you should read the books, Where I'm like, you don't read. Yeah, well, I'm starting to read. I have a collection of books that I would like <laughs> to read. You just learned. Yes. Um. <laughs> I also learned how to write, too. Um. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Maybe you should uh, work a bit more on that, judging by your D&D adventures. anyway. so... Wow, the, uh...
2: okay. Digging personally, aren't we? All right. <laughs> let's move
0: swiftly along. <laughs> uh Okay, let's start with you, Kaylin. Uh, what are your thoughts on the very first movie in a broad sense?
1: Okay, so I, I rewatched it this morning. I mean, I've watched all these movies dozens hmm. upon dozens of times, but I haven't watched this one, and it's been a, a, a minute since I've watched it so there's uh a lot of things that i'd forgotten about and to me it's it weirdly holds up very well okay um i feel like you know the kitty acting you know it's not perfect and and they grow up and they get better um i the other thing that i realized because i was actually uh there were times that i wasn't watching the tv i was doing other things because you know I'm a mother and a wife and <laughs> life gets in the way. But I knew what was going on simply from the score
0: because
1: yes. it, it's amazing how distinct the pieces of music are in every scene, but it still sounds very cohesive. And it's amazing that all of that stuck in my memory as well as it did. Like I know when they're in the great hall that first scene when they enter the great hall because of the music. Um, So the score really stuck out to me more than it ever has. Um, And just overall, I enjoyed going back to it. It's not one of my favorites, but I have, uh, I have this attachment to it because I remember being so hyped for it (laughs) and my parents taking me to see it. And my parents did not like going to the movies and they stood in line, you know, waiting for the theater doors to open with me Mm -hmm. So that I could see this movie. So I just have this, you know, grand attachment to it. So it was fun to revisit.
0: Yes. Okay. I'm going to hop in really quickly because I forgot to do this at the beginning. Sure. But, um, this first movie, uh, as they are not all written and directed by the same people, I figured I'll bring that up. Uh, this first movie was directed by Chris Columbus. He did the first two. And this was written by Sc- Steve Cloves, who I believe wrote Almost all of the Harry Potter movies. The one there was one that he did it right. He he wrote one, two, three, four. He did not write five. He did not write mm-hmm. uh Order of the Phoenix. But okay. directed by Chris Columbus, written by Steve Cloves, uh, and it came out in two thousand and one. So mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan, what did you uh think of the movie?
2: I've always liked the movie. You know, for me. I always like the. I definitely like to say, like, I I guess for me, the first two. I always like them because they're just really fun movies for Mm. me, at least. And you know, it's like obviously, I know it's like the tone of the books, even not reading, have read them. Excuse me. Um, I know it gets a lot darker in the story, but I just really like, you know, the first two, just because they're they're just really fun movies. And I just, I love everything about them. They're just, you know, the magic, everything about it. I think they, you know, they are pretty cohesive. I mean, I don't know from the book standards, but I think that they are pretty good movies. I didn't remember the first one being as long as it yes. did or at least to me when I rewatched it last night I was like wow this movie's like still going not in like a negative sense yeah. but just like oh okay it's still going all right I just I didn't recall that before but I mean yeah it's
0: yeah. two and a half hours
2: yeah and I forgot about that because I actually uh, looked at the box of the DVD and I was like <laughs> how long
0: is this movie
2: <laughs> and I was like oh wow okay so yeah I'd forgotten about that
0: and you know this one we'll talk about it a little more later but this one <laughs> To be honest, probably one of the most faithful adaptations of the books when you compare the books to the movies. I mean, I haven't gone through and I looked at all the differences for the other movies. I'll do those as we watch the movies. But thinking about like there's less in this movie that I can think and go, yeah, that was cut from the book or that was uh, cut from the movie from like that was in the book. Mm -hmm. There's less stuff in this movie where I recognize that than in the movies that come after this. Uh, and I
1: think the fact that it's short Plays a, a role in that But also I think uh, the other problem That the other movies have Is once one director Made a decision mm-hmm. To cut a storyline mm-hmm. The rest mm-hmm. of them were sort of Forced to go with it mm-hmm. So like you know Like later in the in the books Or later in the movies right. um, And you have a book like Goblet of Fire, like, yeah, how yeah. are they ever going to make that into a movie? I'm shocked they even handled it because, you know, that book is enormous. Yeah. So So, uh, but I do remember being um, that child who had read the book over and over mm-hmm. again and sat in the theater going – his shirt should be yellow. Um, <laughs> this is wrong. They cut this line out. Yeah. They cut this scene out for every single yeah. movie, like oh, sure. every yeah. movie. Well, and at some point you just give up because they get so unfaithful. Yeah. But at the beginning, I was just like, "No, this person said <laughs> that, not that person." And yeah. um, I can't remember what it was. Someone uh, we'll get into it later. But so- at some point, is it McGonagall giving him the 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 uh? Does she give him the uh the thing they fly on? Why can't the, the, I think uh, of-
2: the Nimbus two thousand, yeah.
1: Yes. Does yeah. she give yeah. that to him in the book? Yeah. I okay.
2: don't know. I, th- I I don't I wouldn't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um There I, I remember there being something. That may not be it. I haven't read this book it in a long tattoo.
0: Earlier in the book.
1: It happened, yeah, I just remember it happening differently. Yeah, and being it being like happen differently. Sit, uh, even I was ten years old sitting in the movie theater going, oh, that's not what supposed to happen and (laughs) all that stuff so that still sticks with me i still watch these movies with that mindset even though as i've grown into an adult and understand that movies and books are different and you cannot do the same things in them uh because i critiqued them like that when i was little i still do (laughs) yeah
0: yeah and you know uh, i love this movie it's like kaylin said it's not my favorite in the series it's probably it's honestly probably kind of lowered down i do like it when it gets darker later on but right. like you were saying brendan there is this tone this just completely different tone in this movie that when oh, you yeah, come yeah. back to it you're just kind of wowed by it in a way mm. where coming back from seeing you know deathly hallows or whatever you're just like oh yeah they're kids yeah, like and look at how young they are in this
2: yeah and, you know, and that's one thing I always did like about these, like the series of these movies is you get to see these actors, you know, like Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, you know, you get to see all of them um grow the up. The third through... one
0: no one remembers the name <laughs> of. Ir-
2: irrelevant. Uh, oh, it's Richard <laughs> Brink, right? Or yeah. Whatever, it you say yeah. Um, well, you just see them kind of grow up through these movies. And I think, I mean, even for them being like, what, 11 years old in this first movie? Yeah, somewhere around they're... there pretty damn good at acting. I mean,
0: you know, for being
2: little kids, I mean, sure, they're probably being pulled left and right and whatnot, but it's like, they're doing pretty well. And I mean, just me personally, that's my opinion, but you yeah.
0: Know. No, I agree. I think it's also helps oh, yeah. that they're, they're pretty much the characters. I oh like, yeah. Cause you always hear that story about Alfonso Corone on the third one, asking them to write an essay about their, their characters. Right. And Emma Watson <laughs> wrote like a full essay Daniel Radcliffe wrote like one or two pages, and Rupert Grint just didn't do anything. And yeah. <laughs> Ron wouldn't have written it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, like, they're not. They're, they are these these characters. Um, yeah. So I, I think I think that helps, and I. I I very much enjoy the characters in this movie. Obviously, not just the kids, you have a fantastic cast around them. Mm-hmm. You know, you have uh Richard Harris as Dumbledore, which I, okay, so let's talk about uh, this for a second. What are your what are you guys' stances on on Richard Harris as Dumbledore and um who plays him later? Uh,
1: uh Gambin yeah, Michael, Michael Gambin.
0: I think they're kind of two different takes on the character, personally, I so are. I don't really like to compare them, but I know a lot of people do. So, Kaylin, <clears throat> what, do you have, like, thoughts on, on, on the two Dumbledores?
1: Um, Richard Harris is my Dumbledore, forever okay. and always. And okay. Michael Gambon, I, I learned to appreciate in <clears throat> the later movies. Yeah. But had very serious trouble with. Um, through at least at least three and four. Uh I think yeah. I liked him better in five. I think like I got used to him.
0: Well, I also think Dumbledore just becomes more of a dick in five. So like in, and yeah. I think Dumbledore is a much because five is the one where he's just ignoring Harry for the entire. So, yes. so I think that it kind of helped. Like, it seems to me that from what you're saying, we're five, you start to like him a little bit more. It helps that Richard Harris, I think, did a really good job with the early books Dumbledore, where he's just this, like, this old man that Harry knows that is perfect, and there's no, like there's no flaws to him like he's a god pretty much yeah, and then almost right. like you know like a role model almost exactly yeah and then, i oh, think yeah. as the series goes on and we start to peel back the layers of dumbledore and we see the flaws in his character i think michael gambon does do a great job portraying that version of dumbledore that we get in like specifically the fifth sixth and seventh books right
1: Yes, I, I still, my biggest, uh, issue with any book to movie change is still, did you put your name in the Goblet of fire? <laughs> I,
0: I also, I, I was gonna talk about that in the fourth movie, but I'll talk about it for a second real quick, because I always see people that are like, this is how you could tell that they changed. And I was like, but they changed the movie before that too. Which is called, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, I feel like, I feel like that line is stuck in people's heads so much that people think the fourth movie was his first just because they're like, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire is so differently than what it's supposed to be in the book. Right. That this is the obvious indicator that it has changed. And I think a lot of people kind of forget that Michael Gambon was or in the third movie as well.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the other problem with that is because it's a line pulled directly from the yep. book. Yep. But –
0: he uh, said it, calmly.
1: He said calmly <laughs> is what it says in the book. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, really? <laughs> that, that wasn't quite.
0: I guess I love the people online that like do the voice for it. Did you put your name in the goblin of fire? He said calmly. <laughs> <Yes. Yeah. laughs> uh, um, so the other people obviously, Warwick Davis as uh, Professor Flitwick. I think that's obviously mm. on the known nose. Uh, Robbie Coltrane as Hagrid. Oh. I- I he's could perfect he's Hagrid. He's Hagrid. He, oh yeah.
1: That is Hagrid. That's like, Hagrid. Uh, it, it it was amazing. Like he yeah. was just Hagrid. Like, you know, you, you, you make these characters in your head when you read the books. Yeah. And he, between him and Richard Harris, to me, they were the mm-hmm. closest to what I had pictured in my head. The yeah. kids were all slightly off. Because they're, they're supposed to be kind of plain looking, all three of them, like, mm-hmm. and they cast very attractive little children, um, <laughs> which <laughs> I, I know is J.K. Rowling, like, one of her big complaints, um, even yeah, though she loves them. She's like, they look too good.
0: Yeah, like, what does she famous, famously say about Goblet of Fire? Where she's like, there's a scene where Hermione comes down in the, the for the Yule ball. Yeah,
1: the, and she, like, it she, it, about, it, it,
0: she was already pretty in the movies, like, a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it made no impact
1: whatsoever cuz it's like, yeah. It, yeah, okay. Yeah. But um Yeah, to me he was just he was Hagrid. He's ha- yeah. he's exactly what is described in the books. He yeah. encapsulated that character.
0: Yeah. I I don't I don't think anybody could have done because Hag- he's Hagrid. He's Hagrid. Yeah. Uh, I have some issues with uh Hagrid getting sidelined in the later movies, but we'll talk about that then. Um Uh, let's talk about Alan Rickman for a second as Severus Snape. Obviously, (sighs) Uh, I'm not sure Alan Rickman is who I saw when I read like, when I read the Harry Potter books, I don't think Alan Rickman was, like, I don't think that was Snape in my head, but after I watched the movies, now when I read the Harry Potter books, that character is Alan Rickman.
1: Watching the movies later, and Mm -hmm. knowing what Alan Rickman knew, because he, he, talked to J.K. Rowling about his character and going back. I don't know. Did you feel like watching this movie, you know, later after all these years watching it, you're like, he was playing so much that I don't even know if the directors or writers knew he was playing. Like,
0: Yeah. Specifically when it comes, and I'm not sure, this might all be new information to Brendan because he has not finished the movies, but <laughs> I, I don't know how much you actually know about the later movies, but I think you can, I, uh, Without it ever being mentioned in the movie that Snape knew his, Harry's parents and he was in love with Lily, I think, or as I would say, obsessed with Lily, uh. Yeah, it was a little that.
1: stalkery. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, I don't entirely buy this. Snape was a good guy the whole time thing. Um, uh, in, in, in that I, I, I don't believe that he was a good person, but that he was doing good things for a selfish reason. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And people
0: are like, he always cared and he was always a good guy. And it's like, no, he would have joined Voldemort if Voldemort hadn't targeted Lily. He had joined Voldemort. He had joined him. Yeah. He would have been, he would have had no problems if they hadn't targeted Lily. He would have been like, yeah, this is all fine. But it's, it was Lily that, that broke him out of it, which is fine. But I feel like there are people that kind of erase the stuff that happened before. And it's like, I I don't think you can forget that stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. but. I think you can see in the way that he looks at Harry that like, I think, I think he does portray and I'm not sure that he exactly knew the relationship at this point in the very first movie that he was portraying, but I feel like he knew that there was more to that relationship than, than anybody knew. And you can feel that. And I think he does it in a way that once you know what that, the, the specifics of that relationship is, it's very easy to put that on the performance.
1: Right, and and if he didn't know very much, then he just completely—I don't know—lucked out and yeah. uh, played the character right. But uh, yeah. it, it, I'm with you. I did not picture him when I was little reading the first book. Mm-hmm. I think I pictured Snape more like skinny and
0: almost like
1: yeah, he's half like dead. He's yeah,
0: well, like, he's got a very like a gaunt face and his his hair is all although i guess they they kind of got the i don't i think his hair looks a little too fabulous in these movies uh, <laughs> it's supposed to be <laughs> like greasy and like you know what i'm talking like in the books uh i think his hair looks a little too good and obviously harry's hair is is wrong in the movies as well so but isn't wrong. There
1: like, and it like you know
0: when does when does harry there's one movie where harry has the right i think i think like goblet of fire
1: Goblet of Fire, all the boys just didn't get haircuts. Like, yeah. all of them yeah. had long freaking hair, yeah. and I have no idea why.
0: But I think that Goblet of Fire hair is probably the most accurate to the books, in terms of uh, hair.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely. But his hair is supposed to be, like, you can't tame it, no matter what yeah. you try to do. Yeah. And but there's, that,
0: there's that line about they would cut the hair, and then it would just grow back immediately.
1: Yes. Uh yeah, she, uh, Petunia would take him to yeah. get haircuts, and then his hair would just grow back. Um and and different things, but yeah, I I uh I always had issues with his hair, and I had issues with Emma Watson them teasing her hair just to tease it. Mm-hmm. It's like she didn't suddenly become ugly because yeah. you teased her hair and gave mm-hmm. her bangs. Like <laughs> she's not ugly
0: under there. <laughs> And let's talk about this with Daniel Radcliffe, obviously, what everybody likes to harp on the eyes. uh, we know that they tried contacts, but I think he was like allergic to them or something, it yes. irritated his eyes but so when when everybody's like, "You have your mother's eyes," and then we see Lily, and they most definitely do not have the same eye color is <laughs> they, they could have changed Lily's eyes, I think like if they couldn't change Harry's, maybe you should have changed Lily's because everybody is still telling him that he has his mother's eyes. Uh, but it is what it is. Like, I, like these are all things that I, I feel like for the most part, people have kind of accepted.
1: Yeah. I, I, that doesn't really bother me anymore. I think it bothered me more when I was younger, but the funny thing is I remember watching this movie and thinking that who they, and, and as you know, as they show flashbacks every now and then of his dad, Thinking, wow, like, he looks so much like his dad, but the real Daniel Radcliffe, as he's aging, mm-hmm. I'm like, he does not look like that man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, and then, the last thing I'll talk about generally, you guys, you brought it up, uh, with the music. Uh, the music, I, cause it's so weird, there's a couple different composers across the movies. John Williams does the first three.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Somebody else does four. Somebody else does five. I know Alexander Desplat does the last two. Uh I'm not sure who does uh, four, five, and six, or if it's done by if they're all done by different people. But I, to be honest, I almost never think like I never think John Williams is the best Harry Potter composer. Not because he's not, but because the work that he did. Was so, just such a baseline and so integral to the series, and it continues throughout all of the movies. That I I guess feel like John Williams is part of the series, and not even like like I think of the other people as the composers that added on to it, right. and that his baseline just exists throughout the entire thing, and is something that like you can't even like. There's no point in comparing because it exists everywhere in in the movies. Even the ones he did not personally score. Uh, what do you guys, what do you guys think of that?
2: No, I, um, no, I'd have to agree. I'd say, you know, that, that is a good point. You know, um, you know, I mean, it, I would probably describe it exactly the way you said, you know, very integral to like the series as a whole. Everybody else is kind of adding on. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I I agree with that. Yes.
1: Four was, uh, just a random thought, uh, four was somebody named Patrick Doyle. Oh, Johnson. Patrick Doyle
2: also did Aragon.
1: Yes, oh. I'm seeing that, um, and
0: Thor. The one, um,
2: the one with Jeremy Irons?
0: Yeah, Jeremy Irons is in that, isn't it? He plays, uh, Brom, maybe? Oh, he does.
2: And, uh, oh God, Rachel God. Weiss is the voice of the dragon.
1: Really? I saw this movie mm-hmm. a long time ago. I read the book.
2: I saw that movie yes. in theaters, oh my like, gosh, three times. she is
1: the voice. <laughs>
2: Yeah.
0: Um. Yes, Jeremy Irons is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember. <laughs> Good th- job, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, that's you like play in the schmoadown. <laughs> no. uh,
2: I don't have that great confidence in that.
0: <laughs>
2: uh,
1: but
0: uh, Nicholas Cooper did five and six. Okay.
1: Okay. Hmm. And who did you say did the last two? Despla.
0: Yeah, Despla or Despla. I don't know how you say his name.
1: I don't know. I don't think anybody does. Um,
0: <laughs> obviously a very, like, still. I'm like, Oh, he's doing Black Widow.
1: How is he? He yeah. <laughs> we just went down a big rabbit hole. But for, okay. So here's the thing. When I think, like, you asked me, you know, think of music associated with Harry Potter. This is the music I think of. Yeah, But... I'm with you in the sense that I don't know if this would be the right music for like Goblet of Fire or mm-hmm. the later ones like you you definitely I mean the base the baseline is still there in those but you had to change it not to say that John Williams couldn't have done that mm-hmm. um but you know, this, this works for here at the beginning when everything's very hopeful and kids are kids and life is uh, still not easy, certainly, but a little more streamlined and simplistic and you're, the good guys are the good guys and the bad guys are the bad guys and the good guys win at the end of the day. You know, that's sort of how these first couple movies go. And then by the time you get to uh prisoner of azkaban you realize that you know life isn't that straightforward when you realize yeah, right. like serious black is not who you think he is and all that and it had to change but this is the music i think of yeah this will yeah, forever yeah. be the harry potter score
0: and I, I think uh just really quick because we're talking about the score while John Williams is like, you know, this score is the Harry Potter score, and like obviously it's been added on to, I do think my favorite piece of music from Harry Potter is not in this movie. I think my favorite musical piece in Harry Potter is Death of Cedric. When when mm-hmm. they come back from the graveyard in the fourth movie, and you know, uh 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 what's Cedric's dad's mm-hmm. name? Um A- oh. Amos. Amos yeah. Diggory comes on. My boy, my boy. And it's like the music is I can't think of the it's just whenever I hear it, I guess I think that might be my favorite piece of music in 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 any of these movies. Is, is, so I didn't
1: used time. to pay attention to score. So uh it's something I pay attention to more as more people point out score to me. So yeah. I'm interested to see what I hear. Like what sticks with me as I go through all the movies.
0: Yeah, it's like a yeah, it's so good. I just – I the, Cedric's death scene is maybe one – like, not the death scene, but when they get back and everybody sees that Cedric is dead. Right. I right. think it's maybe one of my favorite moments in Harry Potter because it's just such a clean break. But anyways, that's the fourth movie, and we can talk about that when we get to the <laughs> fourth movie. Uh, I got... Robert Pattinson. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's twilighted.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's all right. Focus. We're going to go into it. A-
2: Oh. at least this time he wasn't sparkly but you know yeah
0: <laughs> and he's gonna play batman so you know what i think he's doing okay uh <laughs> we're gonna go into a quick ad break uh you guys are gonna hear some messages from uh, the other shows some ads we just recorded the ad for the new show last night before we recorded and it's really bad i think josh is gonna get <laughs> mad at me for it and he's gonna make me record an actual ad but uh we did something that resembles an ad <laughs> last know. night So we'll see how that goes But yeah So uh stay tuned We'll be back And uh, listen to these uh, Quick messages Hey there Schmodown fans This is Josh the Merc Rainer And I am here to tell you About my show Talking Schmodown Whether it's Andrew Guy Getting hit with a chair John Roca screaming Outlaw oh, oh! Or the emotional retirement Of the Wolf, I talk about it all So you can catch me Right here on Anchor And all the other Major podcasting platforms So as I ask every episode, are you ready to talk schmodon? I am. Hey guys, Sean here. Be sure to check out the new podcast over here at Miracle the Movie Blog Beyond the Screen. Mike, Sarah, and I every week coming together, doing our own little our little radio show, whatever you want to call it, talking movie news, life. TV news, anything, whatever comes up—that's what we're going to talk about every week. Just come check it out. Where? Where on the Mercury Movie feed? Perfect. <laughs> Yay! Okay, to listen. Ready?
1: Hello everybody, Jay Wade and Kaylin here to tell you about Sen Afterlife. It's an after show podcast where we expand on the week of craziness on Sen Live as well as have guests on to join in the fun. And we get personal too. We do movie reviews and at times we go way off the rails, which I guarantee is always Kaylin's fault. Hey, how rude and not true. So come join us on the Merc with the movie blog feed and remember to rate, share and subscribe. And as always, enjoy.
0: Alright, listen to all those shows, they're fantastic. Uh really quick, Caitlin, how is uh did you do S E N live last night? No. Oh.
1: <laughs> nope. Uh, that's a long story. But oh. uh there should be an episode that someone does at some point.
0: <laughs> oh cool. All right, we'll talk about that later. Uh <laughs> I had a rough night, so <laughs> in depth discussion. <laughs> <Yeah>. Uh <we're... laughs> um all right we're gonna alone. <laughs> we're gonna talk about a couple <laughs> scenes that were picked out uh starting brendan you picked out the snake scene at the very beginning of the movie yeah. so can you describe to us for a little bit why you love that
2: scene so much it had nothing to do with the fact that you have a massive fear of snakes that was Is- not my intention
0: <laughs> while it may yeah. seem like that really quickly have you ever heard the story uh about how I was over at one of our friend Devin's house, like when we were in middle yes. school, and yes. I was asleep, and they yes. threw his like toy snake on yep. me. Yeah, I heard oh. all about it. <gasps> uh, that is yes. so mean. Because we did that, because
2: we did that to you again when we had that New Year's Eve party, because you were sitting there and somebody threw it on your shoulder, and yes, you almost spilled that. a drink on someone. It was pretty oh funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing about, you dick? All right, tell us why oh, you cool. like this snake scene, besides me being afraid of snakes.
2: I, I like the scene because. You know, I mean, just because of the comparisons of like, yeah, this snake lives in a cage. Harry lives yeah. under quite, literally, he lives in a freaking the cupboard <laughs> yeah. under the stairs, if you will. Yeah. I just like the comparison of how like, you know, he's like talking to the snake and pretty much relating to like an animal or you know, a, yeah. a thing that's being held in captivity. And it's like, you know, he goes, oh, he goes, oh, you're from Burma, you know. He's like, I bet, um. You must miss it, and then he points over to the sign where it says "Bread yeah. in Captivity." He's like, "Yeah, I didn't know my parents either." You know, it, yeah. I just sort of like how it's got that connection of, I guess, going a little deep on this. How it's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, we, you know, not everybody's, you know, everybody's got something similar, and you know, you don't always know everyone's past. Yeah, yeah, you know, you don't yeah. really know what's going on, behind, you know, with them and whatnot. I just, I really like that scene just because you know it shows. You know, just that connection that he has with a snake of all people. And then, of course, you know, Glass disappears and the, you know, the thanks scene, you know, all all that. Um,
0: I I I just like that scene. Yeah. I also think it kind of does a good job really early on of kind of displaying Harry as just, oh, yeah, a good person. Yeah. Like he, he immediately connects and emphasizes, empathizes with a snake. Yeah. You know? Like I guess I, I think that's really good, Kaylin. What do you think about this scene?
1: Okay, so two two comments. One, it bothers me dearly that he's not more alarmed that the snake understands him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's fair. But that's fair.
1: But number two, I don't think Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon, really all three of the Dursleys, get enough credit for playing the the comedy. Because yeah, when yeah. when that glass wall goes back up, and, <laughs> in the books, and he's like, "Mom, Mom," and she's like, freaking out. That moment <laughs> is Anakin, amazing. Anakin. <laughs> yes, they oh do gosh. not get enough I, credit. I I hate that they get so minimized.
0: Yeah, because
1: they're in the books. They're largely the setup of the books mm-hmm. and don't necessarily play into the plot deeply. So they're one of the first things to get axed and i hate it because they are they're just so much of the comedy oh yeah so that's my two big comments from that scene otherwise i find it a little bit cheesy but you know
0: that's fair (laughs) uh bouncing off what you say about the dursleys really quick and then we'll move on i promise i won't massive a massive tangent uh (laughs) the scene that they cut the most that makes me the angriest i think uh, just overall i think deathly hallows part one and part two are my least favorites (gasps) In terms of yeah. adaptations. <laughs> uh, just because they cut so much. The teacup. Uh, the. The teacup. The, the teacup. What are you you know what about? I'm saying? No, what do you mean the
1: teacup? Oh, in the seventh <laughs> one, in the seventh book, when Harry's, like, yeah. trying to get all the stuff organized, he opens his door and trips over a cup of tea. And he thinks that Dudley just left it yeah. there. um, Like... Being clumsy or playing a prank Uh on him and later he realizes that Dudley was trying to be nice to him and bring him a cup of tea because he didn't understand what was happening or why Harry was leaving and why they had to leave.
0: Yes. It's amazing. Uh, And they cut out out the teacup. (laughs) Well, it's not even that that makes me mad. It's because I understand cutting out the teacup, but it's that the scene where, cause uh, in the seventh book when he leaves, Harry pretty much like, he's done with Petunia and Vernon. Um, those two, he forgives in a way, but I think that by when that, when their relationship ends in the seventh book, that's their relationship ended. Whereas in the seventh book, when he leaves, Dudley comes up to him and he shakes his hand. And it's just the two of them with such the relationship that they had kind of... Like I just I I don't know I think that that is one of the the single best scenes with Dudley in the entire series, just him going up and them shaking hands, just like being on the same level for the first time, and I just think cutting that was was uh, yeah I fucking I really do not like that they cut that.
1: Uh, moving so I guess on. We'll talk nope. About this again in a few months,
0: huh? Yes, yes. Seven point one and part two in a few months. Uh. Sitting alone at the window with Hedwig. Again, Brendan, you picked this scene. Uh, I did. What about this scene hits you so hard? Because it hits me really hard as well. The reason why
2: I like that scene so much is because while there's not really, like, any dialogue, it's just, you know, him looking out the window with the music playing, you really get the sense that he feels like he's at home. Like, he feels like he finally belongs somewhere. That he's not, you know, going to just be stuck with, like, hand-me-down clothes and just be treated poorly he's around people that actually care about him and that he feels like safe almost you know he's like he's sitting there you know you can definitely just tell that he's a lot more like relaxed he feels happier and i I just really like that scene you know just because it shows everyone else is asleep and you know he's just awake he's just looking out the window and you can just you get that vibe of just i'm home like you know i'm favoring this time exactly you know he's like Poking it in as much as he can because, you know, he knows in like a couple months or however long he'll have to go back to, you know, the terrible place where he lives. And, yeah, you yeah. know, he's just happy. You know, he I just I just really like that scene. I
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Caleb? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it's the first moment where he's kind of at peace in life. Yeah. hmm And. And you know, is experiencing what, so uh, everyone else in that room with him knew Hogwarts was coming and yeah. has loving parents and a, a loving yeah.
0: household. Yeah, and for the most part, I think there's, there's some other muggle, born like, like loving parents and stuff. Yeah, sure. But yeah. But right. among his Never friends in that,
1: yeah, but <laughs> um, among his friends that he's roommates with,
0: right? Yeah. He's
1: the only one who's muggle born, I think, or I'm he's not even muggle born, but in, raised
0: by well, he's, yeah, not in that room, Neville. No, I mean, not in the first year dormitories. Yeah, is um, it Dean Muggleborn? Mm, um, because Seamus is the mom's a, uh, dad was a Muggle, mom was a witch. Like that's Seamus. Yeah. I think is the one who's like, <laughs> yeah, no shocker when she told him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think Dean is the uh, only other Muggleborn. Mm, maybe. Anyways, um, but, but, but still loving family. It,
1: Yes, yeah. and he didn't have that, so this is the yeah. first time he ever feels accepted, I think. Yeah, by right. By anyone. I agree.
0: And you talk about the score and being, oh, he's a half-blood, sorry. Uh, I'm an idiot. Um, you, you talk about the score and just being able to know a scene by hearing it, this scene. This scene is like, oh yeah, scenes like that, but this is the scene the most where you just hear that, what is it, like the, the, it plays at the end of the movie. I can the, hear the, it. Yeah. I can hear it,
2: right? I, I, I'm actually, yeah. Yeah, I can hear you in my
0: head right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's uh, whenever I, I hear, hear somber that music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's almost it's somber to begin with and then it lifts up at yeah. the end into a more hopeful mm-hmm. hopefully. Right. I, I it when I hear that music, I think of either this scene or the scene at the end. But um yeah, this is one of those scenes that I can he- see without seeing it because like mm-hmm. I can hear it and know it. Uh So Sarah wanted to talk about the Quidditch match, but Sarah's not here, but we're still gonna talk about the Quidditch match because uh if Quidditch was a real sport, I would be in way better shape. Uh I would play Quidditch (laughs) in a heartbeat.
1: (laughs) I would be scared to death. Oh my god.
0: That'd be fun. I'd want nothing more than to play Quidditch. Quidditch like I would be I would play Quidditch if it was real. Um I love this first match. I love the like the him catching the the uh the the golden stitch in his mouth and then what that no. ends up meaning later in the seventh book no. uh, I think that that is a nice uh, tie back but um I just I love I think the movies obviously the quidditch scenes only get better as they go and the CGI oh, in this one is obviously very noticeable but yeah still- that was something I, I
2: noticed when watching is like wow yeah. this was we can definitely see its age yeah. in there and I'm just like ooh that's a little rough but yeah,
1: this the troll.
2: Oh, and no. oh yeah,
1: the other Quidditch scene, or not where they're learning to ride broomsticks.
2: Yes, where, uh, where Neville, yeah, yeah, that definitely is very noticeable.
1: <laughs> it's like, oh, that was a ragdoll. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it is, but you know, you give it the benefit of the doubt.
2: <laughs> yeah, and the the one scene where it transitions, where like, uh, from like winter back to sort of like spring, yeah. and you'd get sort of that horizon shot of Hogwarts. You can definitely see the CGI, like. Age there too, but again, you know.
0: I'm trying to think of what movie was the first one where they started using the model of Hogwarts for the exterior shots. Maybe the third one? I think yeah. it was the
2: third one, because I think the first two were.
0: They look a little, it looks a little different in the first two, and then I think the third one is when. And then yeah. from the third one on, it's always that model. Yeah. It's the model they have, uh. In London in the Harry Potter uh studio tour thing. I've seen it. Yeah. It's I cried it's like, when I walked in
2: the room. <laughs> uh, it's like Castle Black from Game of Thrones. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I uh I yeah, I uh I walked in that room where the model was and I just burst into tears. Uh because they oh, play music not during so it too. Well they play the music that plays that we were just <laughs> talking about in the in the um in the scene in the bedroom when he's looking out the window. Mm. They play that music and it's the model, the actual model where they just they, they hung a camera up above it and it was like green or blue screens below it. And they just moved the camera around this massive model of Hogwarts. It's yeah. awesome. Uh, that's pretty cool though. So back to the Quidditch match really quick. Uh, hmm. I'm, we'll talk about it a little more later. So mad that they cut out the second Quidditch match in this movie or in the book. I think the second Quidditch match means a lot, uh, in a small way. But, um, you guys have anything else about the Quidditch match? Um, I mean, not- not
2: particularly. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's like a cool scene. You know, I like seeing, you know, the, the action and everything. And you know, it's a cool scene, but nothing that really, you know, like to write home about.
0: Kalen?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's fine. And we do, uh, get more of the red herring of, oh, Snape is, is, you
2: know, being bad mm-hmm. when he's yeah. not, he's trying to help. So, um. Uh, yeah, and I did notice, um, rewatching it last night it's professor quarrel is the guy's yes. name i think is one yeah uh-huh. i did notice because after like the first time watching it every time i notice he you just see him he's got like this dead stare yeah. on his face and obviously yeah. they kind of quickly pan over it because it's like oh snape you know it's the big bad yeah. but it's like obviously
0: turns out he's not but i do notice that and i'm just like oh yeah and that is the thing i think they in this movie they do a really good job with the quarrel um, yeah reveal misdirection I, I think that that red herring if you had not read the books and you see that movie for the first time, I don't think you pick up that quarrel with the bad, uh, the bad guy.
1: I remember yeah. being shocked when
0: I read the book. Of course I was yeah. nine, yeah. so you know. <laughs> well, but... the book is even better because quarrel is kind of barely in the book. Uh, at least when he shows up, it's very much glossed over. Yeah. Yeah, she's uh, like, Harry's in class or whatever. And quarrel is there and we're moving on. Like. Yeah. And there are, the, like, the scenes where Snape confronts him, it's in a different location in the book, but it's, there is still a scene where Snape confronts Quirrell. But they just, I I think that, uh, Quirrell has more screen time in this movie than he does in the book. So, I think in the book, it's easier to, glo- like, because he has, like, he's just kind of being glossed over whenever he appears. It's easier for that misdirect, but when he's in a fair amount of this movie... It's a little harder to hide that, but I think they do a really good job of it. Right.
1: And I just realized I said that, um, I didn't see the, the misdirect coming, but I also read these book, bu- the, until this movie came out, I did not know that these characters were British. <laughs> <laughs> no idea.
0: No, that's pretty good.
1: And then I went back and, and read, you know, like, at the very beginning when it says, like, they live in whatever, whatever, England. And I'm like, oh, they are in England. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you watch the
0: movie Did you go, they're not fucking British. <laughs> I remember watching it going,
1: what's going on? Also, I was so happy for a movie to come out. So I knew how to pronounce Hermione's name. Uh, okay. I was just like, I don't know.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if that movie released, but they were like Scottish or Irish? <laughs> oh, good Lord. You can't
0: understand a word they're saying.
2: You yeah, know, just deep Irish brogues from everyone. That'd be <laughs> funny.
0: <laughs> um, Kaylin, you chose the chess game. Yes. What, what do you love about that scene? Uh, which okay. One <sighs> the, the, the
2: life-size chess game at the end. Okay, I because I, I, I know there's the one sort of like halfway oh, through. Yeah. I didn't know if it was a different one. Or uh, a
1: different one. Uh, I'm talking about the really big one. Uh, right, So part okay. of it is... Um, number one, you get to see what Ron is really good at. So yeah. mostly, Ron is played, um, kind of. It's very weird because Ron is played as the third wheel a lot, and then all of a sudden Harry's the third wheel, and I don't know where that came from. Um, you know, l- later on, but you know, he's very average in a lot of ways. He's not yeah. over the top bad at things like Neville. Or Seamus, yeah. <laughs> but he's not Hermione either. So to see him excel at something is great. But also, I feel like the effects in that hold off really well.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like the
1: intensity of it, um, them screaming like "No, you can't sacrifice yourself" felt yeah. a little stupid because it's like he's not actually going to die. Like, I'm not sure they knew that. Out. They yeah. may not have known that, but I don't know how
0: brutal the, the yeah. destructions were. I don't know so i I think as like an 11 year old i could totally see myself going like fucking die when that thing hits him like not really knowing what like
1: yeah but i do like that earlier they did show them playing chess so you understand like ron likes chess and ron is good at chess and wizard chess is a little bit different and that scene where they're playing that game of chess is the one where you figure out that Ron is going to stay at Hogwarts with Harry. Yeah. Like, how good of a friend is he? He's going to yeah. stay in Hogwarts with his friend
0: and because his friend cause has his nowhere, parents, nowhere to go. Isn't that because his parents are going to Romania, though?
1: Yes, um, but I am sure he could have gone with them because I'm sure Jenny went with them because she's a
0: little... Did Fred and George go?
1: Mm, that's unclear from the movie we don't see them in the yeah, christmas scene true. it's literally just harry and ron
0: opening a bunch of presents all right, all right i'll buy into your but i oh you know what i think they're there in the books but you're right in the movie they don't clarify because i think they opened the sweaters with harry and ron in the books fred and george i think percy's there too but i i i, I do think he stayed because they didn't take the hogwarts kids with them um
1: well they don't make it clear and it's they do not make
0: it clear so I will buy in the movie I will buy that
1: also just like the Weasley took Harry in like she made him a sweater the sweater
0: is the thing I know
1: and like everything that they do they include Harry in she already (laughs) has seven kids they are dirt floor poor and she still includes Harry in anything and make sure he is taken care of they are just the best. She is like the unsung hero.
0: Yeah. Julie Walters, uh, another amazing. highlight, amazing as Miss Weasley. Uh,
2: Brendan, what do you think about the chess game? No, I, I like the scene. You know, I do agree Um, a lot with what you guys are saying. You know, it does. I, I like, you know, because I kind of like throughout the movie, they kind of show off. It's like Ron doesn't really, you know, excel at anything. So I do like that mm-hmm. it shows it's like, hey, you know, he's actually good at something. He's not, you know like y'all were saying you know he's not just kind of like the third wheel or just kind of like the other guy in the room there Mm -hmm. you know he does have something that he's actually proficient at and can do so i you know i do like the scene i do like you know the different camera angles they have where it's like just a big piece is just getting blown away and stuff like that you know they have like lower shots they have shots where things just kind of blow up and all that stuff the cinematography in that scene is actually pretty cool and i you know just a lot of the camera work and the lighting in the room, so it's kind of mm. darker, but right in the middle of the room where the board is, it's, like, really bright, and, you know, just everything happening. I, I like the scene a lot. It is pretty cool.
0: Yes, I also really enjoyed this scene. I like seeing Ron do stuff uh, because this is something we'll talk about throughout this entire series in the movie-to-book differences. Uh, I think these movies fail Ron the most out of anybody. Nope. Mm. You disagree? I disagree wholeheartedly. <laughs> Who do you think it fails more? Jenny Weasley. Oh no, that's fair, but also I think the books fail Jenny. No, I. Jenny's <laughs> not really but... a character until the sixth. Book.
1: That is because everything's from Harry's point of view, and Harry didn't give a shit about Jenny Weasley until the that's sixth. That's fine.
0: Book. No, that that's completely fine, and I do agree that when we get to the sixth book, the movies do, or the sixth movie, the movies do fail Jenny really poorly but some hostility here (laughs) but like but i think that like ron has failed for pretty much all eight and then Ginny has just failed in like the last three i agree agree with what you're saying maybe ron gets better towards the end but i still think that like like i think they play him too much as an idiot in these movies Mm. and i think he's too much of a comic relief in the movie
2: yeah
0: We'll talk about that in a minute, because I do have a specific thing to bring up with that. But my scene I picked was the goodbye scene. That is the scene that always gets me to tear up every single oh, time. Yeah, yeah. The scene at the end. We're going home. No, not really. Uh uh Hagrid giving Harry the scrapbook with the picture of his parents in it. Yeah. I just...
2: Uh, well, so that scrapbook comes back in another one of the movies. Yes. Or, no. I think
0: it comes back like a couple times.
2: Yeah. Uh, it comes back... Oh. The
0: third one, definitely, right?
2: I think it's the third one. I think maybe in the second one too, because isn't it in the second one? The second one's the I mean, one with he's the flying a, car, right?
0: Yeah, he's using it. Yeah, a, because a, they
2: have the bars on the window and yeah. like all the male Dobby was like basically hoarding yeah. it. And so he's got like the scrapbook. He's like kind of flipping through it. I think they show it briefly in that, but I know it shows up in yeah. uh, uh, the other movies.
0: Yeah, i I love that scene. I love the shot of them riding off on the train with the – with yeah. Hogwarts in the background and just like Hogwarts is home. Like that is yeah. what, and I think to a lot of people, Hogwarts is home. Like, yeah. you know, not even just to, uh, I'm still waiting on my litter, Uh, Caitlin, <laughs> what do you think of, um, the, the goodbye scene? It's fine. How dare you?
1: <laughs> um, also,
0: you. <clears throat> killing me.
1: so I have to say, um, this scene plays differently as an educator now because okay. even though I, I teach uh, at the college level, um, you interact a lot with the high schoolers and stuff and – not directly, but I uh I'm, – I'm doing a terrible job of explaining this. One of my, <laughs> my colleagues teaches the people who are going to be teachers. Okay. So okay. she spends lots of time in – uh especially middle and high schools. Right. So here's the thing, for lots of kids in real life, um school is the only sanctuary they have. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. home life is awful. They do not know when they're going to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh they do not have any sort of uh functioning life at home and it, to it, it's not to that extent with Harry. He's mostly ignored more than mm-hmm. anything, but he's fed and clothed and sheltered. Um but still, school is his sanctuary.
2: Right. And yeah. so
1: it, it, it hits differently now. Now that I am more aware of, uh, because I didn't know that. I went to Catholic schools. Okay. Nobody was going home to poverty. No uh-huh. one was going home to an empty house where both parents were going to be working, you know. Yeah. Right. Basically from before sun up to after sun down and you had to feed yourself or take care of your three siblings. Yeah, I, right. That wasn't happening. We, yeah. you know we we were in a school where you had to pay money to go there, so your parents yeah. obviously could at least get by with that and cared enough to do that right so yeah. uh, that took me into um this part of my life to realize that, and so that just uh hits differently a little bit
0: that yeah fair enough,
1: yeah. and I think that's reflective more I don't know what her life was like, but I know j k. Rowling had some rough patches in her life. Yeah.
2: Some long, she,
1: rough patches.
2: And I think so, also, even before the books came out, like, she they'd was gone through like dozens of editors and they all like were like turned it down. And then I think finally someone was like, yeah, we'll take it. And then uh, it blew up, but yeah,
1: yeah. She and she w- went through a lot of stuff. And I don't yeah. know, I don't know what her parents were like. I don't know what her home life was yeah. like, but I have a feeling this is something that she pulled from real life a little bit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, I I think that I I think she said this, but I'm not. I can't source it, but I do think that she says that as the movies the the books got darker, it was kind of because as she was writing these books, her life got a little darker for a while, and that yeah, she was going inspired... to kill Ron at one point. Yeah. I think I actually remember hearing that, yeah. That, yeah. Like, her life was... She was going through a lot of things towards the middle of when these books, like, around Goblet of Fire and Half-Lit Prince, or uh, Or of the Phoenix, when uh, she was writing all those things, she was going with through some stuff uh, in her family life, and just in her personal life, and that's kind of why the books got a little darker. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't hold that to, like, as fact, but I'm pretty sure I've heard <laughs> her say that. Uh, Brendan, what do you think about this goodbye scene? You know, I... I,
2: you know, I like it. I, 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 as you know, Sean, I'm not really one to get really emotional. Yeah, you make fun of me kind of for of it all the time. Things. I don't make fun of you. Um, <laughs> would never. Never. Um, yeah. Never, ever, ever. Money. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down um, You know, that one, you know, especially watching it last night, you know, it definitely pulled on the the heartstrings there a little bit. And I was just like, hmm. And, you know, I just liked how. I just, you know, it gives you sort of that hopeful ending almost, you know, it's like, you know, it definitely leaves it off like, yeah, okay, obviously they're making another movie, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you know, I just really like it because, you know, you can definitely see that he's, you know, Harry, you know, he's happy. You can see he's got, you know, he's got that smile on his face, you know, that line, like, oh, we're going home. And she goes, no, not really. Obviously it's like, you know, he's like, he knows that his real home is there at Hogwarts. And, you know, he's got hope in his life now because he's like, Hey, now I know that. I only have to wait, like, what, a couple months, then I can go back yeah. and be with my friends, be, you know, in my, you know, sanctuary, essentially, just be yeah. happy, you know, and whatnot. And so I, you know, I I, I I like the scene a lot, you know, with it pulling away and how they, you know, pan out and everything. I just, I just really like it. I think it's a good ending.
0: I would agree. That's why I chose it. Uh, <laughs> now we're going to talk about some movie-to-book differences. Uh, so I have kind of broken down into categories. Character references that were excluded, and then some big scene changes, and then um some character changes. But so we're gonna start with character reference being excluded. Um I thought some of these were a little interesting. Uh Sirius Black, not mentioned in this movie. Uh Prisoner of Azkaban was already released as a book, uh, but they don't mention that Sirius owned the motorbike that Hagrid... <gasps> They don't. They don't mention that. Oh. Uh, picked this up off of old young Sirius Black. Um, for reference, Brendan, uh, the, the motorbike that Hagrid yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. was Sirius's. And, uh, he, he runs into Sirius. I think Sirius is at the house. I think it's that Sirius is at the house. Hagrid gets there at the same time and meets Sirius there. And Sirius goes off to confront Pettigrew and gives Hagrid the bike.
1: Yes. Yeah. Something like that. Of course, Let we find that out later.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. But even though Prisoner of Azkaban had been released and we knew that Sirius Black would be a relatively important character at some point, they chose to exclude him from the movie, or at least that mm. reference. I think it's kind of a thing where I would have kept that line in just right. just so that – but I also can understand, like, if you bring that line in, you say, Young Sirius Black gave it to me. And then don't ever explain who Sirius Black is in the rest of the movie, which they don't in the book. Uh – I get how that would then make you go, well, then what the fuck was that thing about Sirius Black? You know?
1: But I think what we've learned later in, in – uh, later in terms of uh, just as time has rolled by is that you can trust your audience a little more. Like yes. Game of Thrones, they, they throw <laughs> people out there that yeah. you don't see. Yeah. You don't see for – seasons yeah. and then all of a sudden like they're just mentioned at random and then somebody introduces themselves and you're like oh that's the person they've talked yeah. about and then, with yeah. no context i've heard about yeah. you for six years
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know i guess this is going on off on a bit of a side tinder like i've tried to get people like yo you should watch game of thrones you know because i i love that show it's a yeah. phenomenal show um
0: defended and... season eight for way too long but continue
2: <sighs> Listen. <laughs> The first three episodes I like. the last half is horrible, but we're not talking about that right now. But I was just going to say, I feel like that's, you know, when they do things like that in certain shows and whatnot, I feel like it makes it harder for people to get into where it's like, like, especially in like the earlier seasons of Game of Thrones where it's like they would have a lot of stuff going on with like Jon Snow and then you wouldn't see him for like a few episodes and then they come back to it. and It's like, oh, okay. It's like, or when they mention a character and they talk all all about this character and then you either see him for like a brief moment or... Then they're finally there, and you're kind of like, oh, okay, so now this is the person. It just yeah. kind of, you know, throws you for a bit of a loop there.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, yes, but, I mean, given their viewership, I, I think That's they true. did okay. That's true.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Miss Fig, also not mentioned in this movie. She's mentioned yeah. in the book. But, to be fair, Order of the Phoenix doesn't release for another three years. So... Uh, Miss Fig was not an important character until Order of the Phoenix and we find out what we find out about Miss Fig in Order of the Phoenix, that she's a squib and that she was kind of put there by Dumbledore to keep an eye on Harry. So the fact that the book wasn't out yet, I understand why that her character was excluded. And
1: in the book, I think she's referenced more as sort of a, um, internal monologue of Harry. Yeah, she was thinking 11. like, oh, thank God I don't have to go to yeah. her house today. I get to actually go to the zoo because she's sick yeah. or not there or whatever. And him thinking back to the last time he was there and how awful it was, and you know, it's, it's just like internal, uh, an internal yeah. dialogue that would have been hard to play on screen.
0: Oh yeah, I agree. Uh Madame Malkin is not in the movie. We don't get that scene between Harry and Draco in the book. Harry meets Draco in Diagon Alley when he's first going. <gasps> he meets him when he's uh, getting his, his robes. robes. Yep, that's. Uh, I'm
1: remembering stuff from this book that I haven't read in like. A decade and a half.
0: Which, that's fine. You don't need that scene. I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm gonna skip this next person because this person is huge. We'll talk about them at the end. Uh, Irma Pence is not mentioned. She's the librarian. They don't name her. Um she's just named in a, in passing in the book, so I threw her in here as not being named in the movie. Charlie Weasley is not that whole subplot where he is the one that, uh, they, the, the entire way that they get detention is different in the book. It's not that they're caught out after hours with Hagrid. It's that they are caught because they take Norbert to Charlie's friend. Charlie Weasley's friend meets them at the top of the astronomy tower and takes Norbert with him back to Charlie in Romania. And okay, that's when they get
2: caught. I was going yeah. to say, yeah, isn't Charlie, uh, that's the Weasley older brother. Yes, you know? yes. Uh, not the oldest, the second Not oldest. the oldest, the second, second oldest. Oh, yeah, right, yeah.
0: Right, right. Uh I don't think he ever appears in any of the movies. Uh no, I don't think
2: he does actually.
0: Because I know Bill appears and he's played by uh Hucks, but uh how oh, is he really? Ronald. <laughs> you know, Donald Gleason, yeah. yeah, I love him. Uh yeah, that that scene of uh, of his friend picking up Norbert that leaves the det- the detention mm-hmm. is omitted. I get it. That's okay. I really like that part of the book, so I'm a little disappointed that they get detention differently, but it would have added like another twenty minutes to the movie. Right. So uh Ronan and Bane don't appear. Ronan and Bane are two other centaurs. Uh when Firenze
2: oh. Okay, I was like, yeah. going into DC here yeah. in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, right
0: yeah, <laughs> Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, right. yeah. uh when Ferenz, because the whole forest scene plays out differently where instead of uh, Ferenz coming in helping Harry and then them just talking for a minute until Hagrid and the rest of the I people. I think show I remember up, hearing about that, yeah. In the book, it's that Ferenz saves Harry and then he gives him a ride to Hagrid and then Ronan and Bane come out. They show up, there are two other centaurs, and they're like, hey, you got a human on your back? What is wrong with you? Like, this is the most insulting thing. You let that human get on your back, friends? Like, it, it's a... Uh... Bane appears in Order of the Phoenix, uh, the movie, but he's not named in the movie. But they do not appear or anything. Madame Pomfrey is not named in the movies. Uh, oh, she's not. Later, later she's named, but not in this one. Um, And the biggest exclusion who does not appear in any of the movies Peeves He does He was cut He's not in any of the movies
1: You see He's going to be in this one but he was cut You see him fly by but I don't think they name him
0: I'm almost positive Peeves does not appear in the Harry Potter movies at all Okay hang on You see Bloody Baron <laughs> in all of them There was a scene that was filmed for a Sorcerer's Stone but was cut out uh and they kind of use filch instead. Mm. They yeah, use filch I'm, in the movies in, in, that, I, in that way.
1: I was always very confused as to why he did not, um, you know, appear. Because
0: uh, yeah. he plays yeah. such a big part in the books. So, Brendan, for reference, Peeves is a poltergeist that oh. plays a lot of tricks. He lives at Hogwarts with the ghosts. You know, I've um, heard of
2: him yeah. before, yeah. Uh and speaking be- of this movie, I was just gonna throw this real yeah. quick Um, my sister and some of my cousins and also I'd seen a thing online about this, a lot of people were getting into arguments over what the actual name of this movie was. Oh, a lot of people kept yeah. like, saying Philosopher's Stone and then It Storm is in England. From- in yeah. in
1: England it's it's Philosophers. And in fact, uh on Letterboxd, I went to try to put yeah. this movie in and it only comes up as Philosophers.
2: Oh, huh. okay. Yeah, That's... because I noticed some people getting into an argument about that, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I remember it being the Sorcerer's Stone, but I didn't, yeah. you know, <sighs> I, 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 I didn't know that.
1: They changed it for us, because apparently us Americans are too stupid to know what a philosopher
0: is. Huh. To I don't know. be honest, probably a fair assessment.
2: Well, I mean, to be fair, like, in the 80s, A&W made a third-pound burger to compete with the quarter-pound, but people <laughs> didn't buy it because they thought that it, uh that you know a fourth was bigger than a third because of the numbers.
0: <laughs>
2: that is a true Oh boy. Yeah. Um
1: They're like, oh, oh well it's a third
2: so it's less. It's like actually no, you're you're wrong. So yeah.
1: Oh God, that's to... well uh, I know sure that, that JK they're... Rowling very much regrets letting people talk her into changing the name. For us, mm. and it also brings me to another point, which is when this movie plays in England, I'm wondering, did they have to film every scene where they say the Sorcerer's Stone twice I think and say do. the Philosopher's Stone, and there's a different cut over Maybe. there? Maybe,
0: because
1: that's just stupid. Like,
0: <laughs> I agree.
1: Pick one. I agree. W- we could roll with – I could have rolled with it. I think we all would have been fine. I didn't even know yeah. this book was set in England. Like, you let I, them I like, go. I like Sorcerer's
2: a... Stone. I mean, I like Sorcerer's Stone just because, you know, you get the sort of re- repetition of the S's, and it just has a nice ring to it. But either way, yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it I would, would have been fine no. with either one.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, we we would have survived. Yeah, yeah we American would have been fine. <laughs> would have, would have, and, and the people who didn't would have just not read them. And, yeah, exactly. You know that's fine. They're probably the same people who didn't buy the third pound burger
2: For... there you go there you go
0: <laughs> i I agree story wise and as like uh j k. Rowling being the author from her point of view, I understand why she would regret changing the name. Right. I understand also why the marketing people would be like, "You got <laughs> <laughs> <The> Americans <laughs> are gonna buy something that says sorcerer over philosophy." <laughs> uh... <laughs> I, I understand the marketing teams uh wanting that to happen. As well. the
2: Americans are just a bunch of young children, they're easy to woo over. So don't put big words in the title. Put fun ones. Don't fun
1: name words. one of your characters Hermione. Also, <laughs> <laughs> like we had yeah. issues to the point that in the fourth book she had to make us sounding it out
0: in the fourth book. Yeah, with <laughs> with the uh, with Crumb because huh, what is he yeah. called? Maya Ninny or something? Yeah. Hermione. Himmy on and they're like, it's Hermione. <laughs> like, oh. Uh, okay, so I have a big list of changes. I'm gonna kinda run through these. Uh, hmm. interrupt me if you wanna talk about the change. Okay. Okay. Uh, so the opening with the Dursleys is, is excluded. Mm. Uh, where, you know, Vernon goes to work and he's talking about, it's just pretty much, look at how normal these people are. Um that is excluded from the beginning. Harry does not get the second bedroom in the movie yes! like he does in the books.
1: Okay, so this morning I had to pull out my book because uh-huh. Darren was asking a 750,000 questions about about like what changed. And I'm like, "Well, for starters, he gets the second bedroom and Darren, I remember
2: hearing about that. Yeah. Yes,
1: Vernon yeah. thinks that um it will stop the letters because the mm. letters all say the cupboard under the stairs. Yeah. Mm. But it just changes and then they like even go to a hotel and he still gets yeah. letters there. And it's just like the letters follow him wherever he goes. But they don't explain how from the first movie he lives under the stairs to the second movie he's in that bedroom.
0: I think it's fair to assume that he comes back, he has magic powers, and they're like, fuck, put him in the second bedroom. (laughs) Uh, He's starting to learn. Let's be a little nicer to him. Uh, They also,
1: because they leave it all out, you don't get the sense of the fact that the reason we call it the second bedroom is because it was Dudley's
0: second bedroom that's true yeah so brendan that bedroom was filled yeah. with just dudley stuff yeah yes I, yeah. I
2: my mom read the books
0: okay and told you about them
2: <laughs> well yeah i mean you know like my two cousins have read the book so there was one time we watched the movies and then it went from the movie being two hour two and a half hours long to five hours long because they kept pausing <laughs> and going hey so in the book this is what happened and i'm like that's fantastic I want to watch, I the want movie. to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, yeah, but to give you more context, I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I just I want to watch ask. the movie.
1: <laughs> well, then you're on the wrong podcast.
2: <laughs> well, you know, you know, you might not be wrong. There. <laughs> well, we're not doing it while you watch the movie. Well, this is true, but I wouldn't uh, put it past you to drive to my house to do that.
0: Next time I'm going to come over. You're going to oh, come please. over and we'll watch the movie together. Uh, So in the book, this is a bit of a long one, but in the book, Quirrell doesn't get the turban until after his failed heist at Gringotts. In the novel, he shakes hands with Harry in the Lakey Cauldron, but in the movie, he refuses to. Yeah. This could be explained by the fact that when Voldemort attaches himself to Quirrell, it makes contact with Harry lethal, but Quirrell himself in the movie doesn't know this until the end. Yeah. So it's kind of like, why doesn't he touch... Why does, why is he scared to touch Harry in the leaky cauldron when he already has Voldemort if he doesn't know that contact will make it lethal? Because he doesn't know until Harry touches him at the end and he goes, what is this power? Like, what are you doing?
1: What is uh, this magic? I totally forgot about that.
0: Yeah, cause in the movie he, or in the book he gets, Voldemort attaches himself to Quirrell because he fails at getting the stone. And that's why he needs to keep a closer eye on him.
1: Mmm, mm. I totally forgot about that.
0: Uh, in the movie, Harry goes straight to Hogwarts out to Diagon Alley. Uh, in the book, he goes back and stays with the Dursleys for a little bit, and that's when he gets to the second bedroom. Um, oh no, he gets to the second bedroom before that. When yeah, you yeah. were saying it's during the mail scene. Uh They cut the sorting song. The sorting hat sings a song in the book,
1: and the sorting hat, for whatever reason, in the movie doesn't know what alphabetical order is. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't. I guess technically McGonagall. Um, yeah, that's true. doesn't know alphabetical order. Because even yeah. as we're watching it, Darren goes, this is a bizarre order to be going in. And I'm like, that's because they only wanted to focus on the main characters.
0: There, There is a whole, um, Harry, Ron, and Hermione stumble upon Fluffy after accidentally entering the third floor corridor in the movie. In uh-huh. the books, there's a whole uh, duel subplot with Malfoy where Malfoy challenges Harry to a duel. And Harry shows up for the duel and Malfoy isn't there and he's tipped off Filch. And Neville is with them in that scene in the book. Neville goes to warn them and the, all four of them end up, uh, actually I think it's, I'm not sure if Hermione's there in that scene in the book. It doesn't sound like a Hermione kind of scene. I don't no, remember I think, specifically. I think it might be Harry, Neville, and Ron that, that all end up in with, with Fluffy. But either way, Neville is there when they meet, uh, because he's trying to warn Harry that Malfoy tipped off Filch. Mm. And Ron goes with as Harry's second in the duel. Uh, Harry and Ron in the book accidentally lock the troll in with Hermione. Uh, <laughs> they lock the, they see the lock go, the troll go into a room and they lock the door and they're like, we did it! We trapped the troll! And then they're like, wait a second, this is the bathroom. Hermione was in the bathroom. Oh no! <laughs> 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 uh, Seamus having a, um, neck. For blowing things up is added in the movie that doesn't happen in the book
2: i think that's just more of like a comedic flair no which thing.
0: works that's fine yeah um most neville of those... is more yeah. of the klutz yes he's the and he still is in the, the movie yeah. even though we don't get as much of it we're still told like the remember all and everything yeah uh,
2: which people apparently that's like a whole argument of why it turns red when he gets it a lot of yeah. people say it's because he forgot his cloak because if you look in that scene he doesn't have it on like the black cloak oh, okay. that they all wear everyone has his on theirs on but him so a lot of people are like oh well it's that and then a lot of people are saying like oh he forgot to do like some homework or something it's like a whole bunch of different fan theories i don't think it's ever been confirmed though yet
0: yeah i doubt that's something that they would confirm yeah i think that's just like it's just whatever. up to audience
2: speculation yeah. is probably what it is
0: uh, most of Harry's Christmas presents were omitted, uh, including the, in, in the book, Brendan, mm. uh, this is the scene that I think should have been in the movie.
2: There, well, he gets a sweater from the Weasleys, I know exactly. That like
0: yeah. he, he met them at the train station and that's it. They do not know who this person is. Like they just know him because he's Ron's friend and they know that mm-hmm. he has a tough, like his parents are dead. And so Miss Weasley, who knits all of her kids a sweater every year, knits Harry a sweater and sends it and. I think, like, and he also gets presents from everybody. He gets a flute from Hagrid. And, like, I understand cutting all of that out, but I feel like getting the sweater from Miss Weasley is such a big thing in the book that I feel like that should have been in the movie. Kaylin, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Isn't it in the movie?
0: No. No,
2: because I think, because you see... He has his sweater on. Well, Ron has his sweater on, but Harry comes down in his pajamas, and then he just goes, oh, well, there's one here for you, and then it's the invisibility cloak, and that's it. Yeah,
1: Harry doesn't put on a sw- an H sweater.
2: I nope. do not believe that Harry wears
0: an
1: H sweater. Oh, no, I they just he did. Uh,
2: no. He just gets the uh, he just gets the invisibility cloak.
1: Oh, yeah. I, had, I guess I just remember that from the book, yeah. and in my head, he got a sweater. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awful because, like I was saying, Missus Weasley's like an unsung hero of all this.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, the Hufflepuff and Gryffindor match is excluded. I, I remember it. What happened? About, in because it? that is the one where Snape is the referee and everybody I thinks don't... that Snape is the referee because he hates Gryffindor and he's trying to get them points, like trying to make Hufflepuff win. Mm. But it's revealed at the end that Snape was refereeing so that if Quirrell tried to do something to Harry again, he would be on the field to help him. Hmm. And I think that's a very important thing in the book that sets up that Snape in some way, has some sort of connection to where, even if he does not like Harry, he feels a duty to protect right. him in some way, and that is not in the movie. Okay. Mm. Um, I think that if they knew, if everybody involved in the movie knew what was going to happen with Snape, I think that would, I think that would have made it into the movie. Uh, any any thoughts on that? No, do you guys think that I take it too too personally that it's not in the movie?
1: I mean, I get uh, so. You said that Ron is one of the most um what word did you use?
0: Uh I think the movie fails him the most.
1: Yeah. I think the movies fail Quidditch really badly.
0: No, also, two. yes, agreed. That's not a character.
1: <laughs> no, but Quidditch as a as a, a thing. Yes, I agree. It, they it also fail the whole Basically, yeah, they don't make it clear. Uh yeah, no, we'll we'll discuss that when we get yeah. to the goblet of fire. But um they also cut out like they they really failed the house elves like with flying the colors. They yeah. I mean, they made some choices. So, I get it. I get that probably that may have been a budget thing. Probably.
0: Probably. Mm-hmm.
1: Cuz they were like you get one, you get two flying scenes, you cannot have three.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I get that. You know. Uh, in the books, Harry, Hermione, Draco, and Neville get detention. Ron is not there when, uh, in the forest with them during detention. Neville is kind of more of a character in, in the book. Um, I think maybe, I think maybe Neville was supposed to be more important in the first book and then he kind of steps back afterwards and at that point there had been three books out maybe four or or i think three there were three books out at the time they made this movie so i think they kind of noticed that neville was going to take a back seat later on so i think they kind of brought him to the background a bit in this movie uh while still you know doing some scenes with him in this movie which kind of bit them in the ass because at the end in the seventh book neville ends up being extremely important <laughs> Yeah, they cut
1: out another reason why Neville is super important out of everything, but I think that's because that would have been a lot of exposition about, like, the, the, uh...
0: The prophecy and stuff.
1: The prophecy and all that, and why is Harry the Chosen One? Well, he's the Chosen One because Voldemort chose him, and that made him the Chosen One, and... Uh, blah, 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 but it could have been Neville and all that good stuff. And we also never meet his parents who are in the, the, yeah, the it, psychiatric ward. And, yeah. you know. <laughs> that's why Bella,
0: or that's why he hates Bellatrix and that's never really explained.
1: They, they briefly mention it in a movie. They're like, tortured yeah. the longbottoms oh okay you no know? so
2: kind of bring no, oh, yeah yeah i think they, they
1: mention it here. but we do not see his parents and that scene yeah. where they give him a like a a gum wrapper or yeah. something his yeah. mom gives him a gum wrapper and thinks it's super important because her brain is just totally fried
0: yeah there's a but, scene where they go to st mungo's in the books brendan and they meet uh, neville's parents yeah i, I remember hearing yeah. about that yeah
1: it sounds like he's already been, like, schooled
2: on. Yeah, apparently. What, I didn't, I didn't on
1: analyzed. um oh,
2: Well, <laughs> well I, I mean, I've never personally read the books. But every time I watch the first movie with my mom, it's like clockwork. She always goes, well, in the book, they do this. I'm like, I know, Mom. You told me that. Well, you know, in the book, I'm like, Mom, I, I, I remember. So last night, before she fell asleep, it was funny because at one point I just over and she's snoring and I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I had to turn the TV up and then she's still snoring, so I just finally shake her and I'm like, Mom, like, what? I'm like, you're sleeping. She goes, No, I'm not. I'm like, okay. um my mom does that. <laughs> uh I mean she'd also had a long day at work too, but you know. Um fair. <laughs> but uh no, yeah. So then, you know, also like I said, you know, my cousins, they read the books, so they also, you know, with the star stop, stopping and going, Well, in the book. So no, I have not read the book, but I remember hearing of these things.
1: So Sean, um I know that there's not like a massive age gap between us. Yeah um, but it becomes glaringly obvious when y'all talk about like uh, Sitting at home with your mom watching. <laughs> well, meanwhile, I'm married yeah. with a baby, and... and Brendan's older than me. I am. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and I know that if you're not married and not like you're still in school or whatever, live at home as long as possible because rent is insane. <laughs> in oh, well, in I this know. World. I like know. I... mooch off your parents as long as possible. It's just funny because I'm just thinking, like, when was the last time? <laughs> Like, with my mother.
0: <laughs> I don't
2: remember.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back to the movie, because we are running on time here. So yeah. I want to try to get through this last couple of things. This is the big moment for this, uh one of the big moments in this movie that I think the movie feels Ron. Where, in the movie, Ron is freaking out in the devil's snare. Uh-huh. In the book, Ron does not freak out as much. And actually, he's the one that calms down Hermione. Hermione freaks the fuck out when they get into the devil's snare. And Ron is like, you're a witch, aren't you? Use magic. And, uh, she doesn't relax through the devil's snare, she burns it off. Hmm. Um,
1: I don't remember but, this. I really but,
0: need- Yeah, you should. It's good. Uh, it's a good book. Uh, <laughs> I am uh, aware. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, that's one of the things where it's like, it, it kind of plays Ron as being Uh, it it doesn't... Yeah, kind of dopey. And he doesn't, like, he's... They let Hermione be the straight-faced one in that scene where, in the book, it's... Ron is like, come on, you know magic, do something! Like, he's still freaking out, but Hermione is freaking out more, and in the movie, Hermione is like, just relax, it's gonna be fine. Uh... In the book, Harry is the only one who flies the broom, or sorry, in the movie, Harry is the only one that flies the broom during the key scene where everybody does in the movie. And I think that's more like they wanted to show off that Harry's thing is flying. Uh, oh,
1: and so in the, yeah, I don't know that Hermione um, has ever been portrayed as particularly good no. at flight
0: though. <laughs> no. Which, but in the book, they all get on a broom to try and grab the key. Uh, yeah
1: i it's Harry's still the one that's successful, right yes
0: I think they um, I think they kind of push it into a corner and then Harry swoops in and grabs it like uh, it goes towards Hermione, it goes back towards Ron and then it kind of goes in the middle, and Harry swoops in and grabs it.
1: when's the last time you read this book
0: I think last year I read it
1: oh my god what i'm I'm trying to remember the last time I read
0: this book, but okay. I started rereading the books last year. I only got through the first two and then i I stopped but uh ah.
1: Uh, I reread I mm, them all in two thousand. Mm, what year was that? Seven, two thousand seven. <sighs> I no 17. 2017. Okay, I, re- I, was say. I reread three. I reread *Prisoner of Azkaban*, okay. and that was it. Uh, before that, mm, it's been a hot minute. Um, let's see. Mmm, it's been at least a decade since I've read any of the oh, others. Well,
0: okay, yeah, I still uh, love them, but you know, in the movie the uh the chess scene is much more violent uh in the book they kind of just knock the pieces over and then drag them to the side uh whereas in the movie they're kind of destroying them and i think that makes the whole ron scene more believable so i get that um snape's potion puzzle is completely omitted
1: i know oh my god that pissed me off as a fifth grader
0: <laughs> yeah uh there's a whole scene where like snape has a, a potion uh that will let you go and- through the these flames to get to the the mirror and that was supposed to be Hermione's thing. Like Hermione yes. was the one that knew how to do the logic puzzle to figure out which potion would let them advance and which one would let them go back and I think one of them killed would kill you. And uh where they kind of made Hermione's thing to be the one at the beginning with the Devil's Snare, but originally it was supposed to be this logic puzzle. And I think uh, I wish they'd done the logic puzzle. Because okay.
1: that's where... Uh, that's after the chess game and yes. Hermione figures out the puzzle and says, I'm going to take the one that lets me go back yeah, so that I only- can get Ron and go get help. Yeah. And, uh, and you take the one that lets you go forward. Cause you've got to do this by yourself. Instead, they sort of have that conversation in the chess room.
0: Yeah. In the book, they physically cannot both go to confront Quirrell. It has to be one of them. So they, they choose cause there's not enough potion for both of them to go through. And I think they, there's not enough potion because Quirrell is already gone. Mm. Um, but so, and then in the book, Quirrell summons some rope to stop Harry from escaping, but in the movie, they kind of just do flames. And that's kind of something about, that I wanted to bring up really quickly about the movie. The movie, the, I think the magic's a little simpler in the movie. And the books use magic a little more creatively. Uh, Caitlin, I don't know what you have thoughts about that, but, uh. Um, well, okay,
1: um. I have lots of issues with the fact that in the in all the movies a lot of uh spells are just sort of like a flash of light or yeah. you know like it pushes someone backwards or whatever yeah. and uh, they do so much more and also like how come at some point all of these kids can do magic without saying the spells out loud that's like a yeah they huge... never talk about nonverbal yeah that is a huge, huge thing that only so many wizards have even figured out how to make spells happen without saying them, uh-huh. but I guess it's because they didn't want them saying it on on
0: super 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 <laughs> yes,
1: and like they'd have to make some up because lots in yeah. lots of scenes it's just like everyone's shooting spells, and it's not explaining yeah. to you what the spell is that they're saying, yeah, and I get that. But that always did bother me greatly.
0: I agree. We'll touch more on that when we actually get to that stuff happen, Cause that's what's around yeah. the fifth book, I think. Or the fifth yeah.
1: movie. Oh, for sure. The fifth one where they're in the, the, the ministry. ministry. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're just all doing spells without saying anything out loud, unless it actually mattered.
0: And I'm just like, what the hell? They cannot do this. It's just, it's just a lot of this. Pretty much. Like, <laughs> it's literally the noise. Um, and then finally in the book, Quirrell dies because Voldemort leaves his head, not because Harry grabs him. And Harry's unconscious when Quirrell dies in the book. He doesn't watch it happen. Mm. So, I, I don't know if that really does anything. But uh I guess a couple things really quickly that we'll touch on. Um, Harry's made dumber in the movies than he is in the books. I, I believe, I, uh, I think Harry is a little smarter in the books than the movies give him credit for. Um, like, Harry makes the connection between Flamel and Dumbledore. In in the hmm. book, because he he gets the the he gets a a chocolate frog card about Dumbledore, and on the back it says that he worked with Nicholas Flamel, and then later when they hear Flamel's name, he goes, "That's the guy that worked with Dumbledore. They made the Philosopher's Stone." And then Hermione is like, "We should go to the library to look this up." In the movie, Hermione's like, "I've been doing a bit of light reading, and Nicholas Flamel and Dumbledore work together." It's like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, Harry's sass is almost completely removed i know like Uh,
1: and and um draco malfoys like the two of them like are smart asses and jokesters both of them just in their own ways and that's just totally just neutralized
0: yeah there's a um there's a thing we'll talk much more about this in the later movies because as harry gets older he only gets sassier um because like later on there's a scene where where uh snape is like uh where harry is like something 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 snape and he goes professor snape and he goes no need to call me professor professor or something. <laughs> like <laughs> uh it, it's something stupid like that is funny though um but in this movie when when uh, snape is quizzing him at the very beginning like with the, the potions class and hermione keeps waving her hand in the book harry goes well clearly hermione knows you should ask her uh which they did film a scene like that yeah, for the movie, but did. it was deleted. Um, yeah,
1: I've seen it, yeah.
0: And then in this movie, like I said, Ron is useless. Uh Ron doesn't snap Hermione out of the panicking with the devil's snare, and also Ron's broom doesn't fly up and hit him in the face in the book. He's actually not a bad flyer in the book. Uh He's actually a really not a bad keeper. Um He just has a lot of confidence issues. But they kind of are like, yeah, Ron's an idiot, and if Fucking he can't summon his broom correctly. Where Ron has been flying, I think, in the book for a while before he went to Hogwarts. Yeah, cause he had older brothers. Yeah, they would fly. Yeah. They would fly the, the brooms, and I think Jenny said she would, like, steal their and and fly it. But, um. Isn't it also in the books,
2: too, that, like, Ron isn't actually, like, half bad at Quidditch or something like that? No, or... yeah, he's
0: pretty, he's not, he's not great, but, um, he, it's because he, he has a lot of confidence issues. So mm-hmm. like there's a, there's a, there's a stretch in the fifth book where people like, when people start to like appreciate him as a Quidditch player, he gets mm-hmm. really good cause he's confident in himself. Um, cause there's this whole thing where, uh, I don't know if this is in the movie, but really quickly, I'll just say this in, uh, to the ending, but in the movie, maybe, but in the book, definitely there's a, um, a song that the Slytherins come up with. Because he's such a bad keeper, where they go, Weasley is our king. He always lets the Quaffle in. Weasley <laughs> is our king. It's uh, and then later the Gryffindors repurpose it to be like a uh, a uh, it, it's a a chant of like Weasley is actually really good. You There's
1: know. so much singing in these books. I'm yeah, realizing yeah, that yeah, is totally is. just cut out and yeah. and like the the um the little oh uh like emblems that one of them makes. That says yes. Potter stinks. That's in the
0: fourth book, or fourth.
1: Yeah, book. yeah, but like yeah. all that sort of stuff. Like these yeah. kids were so creative and yeah. such pranksters. I mean, they oh, they they sort of played up that the twins were pranksters, but yeah. like it was so far beyond anything that you see in the movie.
0: All yeah. right, I need to move on, or else I'm going to talk about how <laughs> their their prank when they leave in the fourth book is so much better than the prank in the movie um they for brendan they pretty much turn part of hogwarts into a swamp instead of just setting off a bunch of fireworks they also set off the fireworks in the book though but they also turn part of hogwarts into a swamp uh it's awesome anyways that's everything i have uh do you guys have anything else you want to talk about with the movie before i go ahead and bring us out
1: Um, no i think we hit on a lot
2: of stuff so i know i didn't i didn't really say much but you know i mean you guys were talking about something that was happening in the book so i'm just kind of like okay i'll just listen in and see what y'all are talking about
0: <laughs> that's fine so here yeah. i'll ask this um caitlin as an adaptation how do you think this is not
1: half bad um not half bad okay a, a pretty uh pretty faithful um and they changed the things that now, in retrospect, I'm like, yeah, they needed to change that. Whereas ten year old me wanted it to be like a line by line adaptation, um, which is unrealistic. But no, I th- I think that they did a very decent job with this movie.
0: Yeah. I would agree, Brendan. Having <clears throat> listened to us talk about the book, having watched the movie, what do you think is 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 there any feeling of d like is there any feeling of like man, I was gypped or anything? Or are you still um,
2: satisfied? I mean, I personally, I would have to say, you know, I'm still satisfied. I think, you know, if I went back and read the book and then, you know, watched the movie, it would just give me, you know, like a little more context into things yeah. and give like a little more like character development and stuff. Um But for me, you know, like whenever it comes to like adaptations of things, you know, there's always things they have to obviously leave out because if they included every little thing from like the book or whatever, then the movie would be like five hours long, yeah. which some people would be okay with that. Personally, I'm fine with that, but no one's going to really want to go to the movies and be like, Oh boy, time to sit here for five hours, you know, but, um, you know, I mean, I, I think, you know, will I eventually go back and read the book? Probably. Um, you know, I'm trying to read more.
0: Witcher. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I have the first five Witcher books, which I need to get through. Um, and then I'll probably go back and maybe read the first book or something. I don't know, but, um, yeah, I mean, overall, you know, it does give, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I felt, like, gypped or robbed or anything. You know, I just, I guess the only thing I would be missing out on would just be more context, really.
0: You can find this show and others on the Work With The Movie blog feed, which can be located on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Public, Breaker, Overcast. And I I think some of the shows get uploaded on YouTube. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> uh They might be there. I think Jay Wade was trying to do that at one point, but I'm not sure if it ever actually took off. Um, you can also follow Merc with the Movie Blog on Twitter with at Movie Blog Merc. Kaylin, where can people find you?
1: They can find me on, um, Twitter and letterboxed at K A L Y N R 715. That's row 715
0: Awesome. Uh, Brendan, I'm not sure they can find you anywhere, but is there anywhere they can find you?
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm not that much of an, of an enigma, but you know, um, I don't understand you. <laughs> well, most people don't. Um, <laughs> I mean, I have a, Instagram that I don't really use. But <laughs> I mean I'm just mainly on Discord really, so I mean if you really desperately want to talk to me, you can just add me on Discord. <laughs> Zodiac, which my the numbers after it's uh five six six nine.
0: Cool. Nobody's gonna do that. No one. uh <laughs> I don't even want to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh you guys can follow me on Twitter at Sean Underscore AFK. You guys can also I do a podcast with Mike Mixtape, one of the hosts here at- uh, on Book of the Movie Block feed, we do a Power Rangers show where we watch an episode of Power Rangers and talk about it. Kaylin, you were recently on it and you hated it. It was so much fun. <laughs> I loved it. It was great. Uh, Brendan, that was rough. Well, Brendan, you will appear on there eventually. I will make you do it.
2: Uh, well, yeah, okay. I mean, I know absolutely nothing, but it makes uh, it even sure. better. Sure.
0: It makes it even better when they know absolutely nothing. But again, this feed, uh, on Anchor, uh, on Twitter, at MovieBlogMark, and, uh, I guess we'll catch you guys next time with, uh, when we cover Chamber of Secrets. So thanks yeah. for listening. See you guys next time. Yep.
1: Bye!